Welcome, everyone, to the 69th very nice episode of Drunk Friend. Uh, my name is Alex, and I, some folks might know me as SNES Drunk, and you might be like, what the hell's going on? Why isn't this Trav talking? It's because Trav, you know, just kind of noped out. He's not about, he, he's taken a personal, you know, kind of a, a very personal stance against this whole 69 thing, so against the whole, the me. <laughs> <laughs> against the meme you're not supposed to you're not supposed to interrupt the host guest host sorry my no, bad no no I'm no sorry. we have a guest host her name's michelle you might know her as Petey, uh and she's uh the host of uh Petey's power hour and she's sitting in for trav Hello. this week and very excited for that so we've this is our 69th episode and we've got some 69 facts for everybody what do you think about that do you have do you want to lead us off with that I will lead us off with the 169 fact that I looked up today, that today is Shiguro Miyamoto's 69th birthday. Oh, yeah. Creator of Mario. <laughs> this date of this recording, he turned 69 today, which is pretty funny because, yep. uh, you know, it's easy to Google like 69 facts and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, he's 69 years old. I tell you, you know, this is kind of a, a morbid outlook on things, but uh, when when I'm asked the question, like, you know, like when a celebrity goes, when a celebrity, you know, passes away, who, which one is going to rattle your cage the most? When Miyamoto goes, it's really going to hit me hard. Mm. It's he, that guy, the, what that guy has been able to do, his imagination, his imprint on everything really means a lot to me. It means a lot to a lot of people clearly. So that's really going to kind of hit home for me. So Happy 69th birthday to Mr. Miyamoto. I hope he is well. He certainly looks good. He looks fantastic. Don't you think he looks good? He looks fabulous. Yeah. I want to look like that when I'm 69 years old. Seriously. But I do skin. dig his style. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's got he's always rocking the blazer. Oh. He's got the kind of the wavy hair. He's got the jeans, the designer jeans. He's got it looks like he's wearing really comfortable shoes like Vans or something like that. I really like. He always looks comfy. He looks like Larry David to me. Oh my god! Larry like Larry David. David, always he in the in the sense that Larry David always looks very comfortable. <laughs> like he's got like a very comfy, like sweater, comfy pants, comfy blazer, comfy. But yet he looks okay. But he's you can tell he's like very comfortable. Yes. So I appreciate that about. It. I think that's an underrated fact about Mr. Miyamoto. Yes, bless your heart, Miyamoto. <laughs> right on, man. And also, of course, uh, I have to mention my favorite wrestler of all time, the Macho Man. Uh, some may know him as the Macho King, uh, if you grew up at a certain time. Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, he would have been 69 this past weekend. Oh. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of do a Macho Man impression. Let me tell you something. Oh, yeah. yeah I, 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 the way he talks, you know, he's, he's, kind of, he's very intense and he's got it on this register. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, he's, he's a little bit on that register and then he amps it up a bit. Yeah. He kind of <laughs> he hits that register where it's he hits that intensity. I can't do really intense Macho Man for very long because who can? But if you do, if you start on a lower register and yeah, and you kind of work it up a bit, yeah, and you keep saying yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you just kind of keep going up a bit, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and it just it, it, if you're able to like escalate it, it works. Yeah, for sure. You do it well. I'm not gonna lie. 
Oh, thanks. Can you do a macho man? Oh my god, can no? What am I? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, can you do any impre- can you do any impressions at all? Like if if you were asked to do an impression of somebody. Oh no, I'm not good at impressions of all at all. Aww. I know I suck. This is boring. I can't do it. Well, let me let me let me ask you this. Do you do you have a dog voice that you do? Who's a puppy? <laughs> oh, there we Who's go. Who's a puppy? <laughs> Everybody has a dog voice, and I'm afraid to do mine cause, for too long because it's really bad. It's really cringy. <laughs> I'm sure. Don't ask me to do it because I okay, won't. I won't. I promise. I'll, I'll ask you later. Okay. All right. <laughs> Clyde, Clyde dog over there oh. judging me for not doing my dog voice. Yeah. There was also the moon landing in 1969. Mm. Big deal. Huge deal. Um, It's always interesting to talk to. I don't know about you, but... um. My parents, uh, you know, of course, were around back then because I'm old and they knew, you know, they watched it happen in real time. And I never thought of it that way. Uh, it's always interesting to listen to them or anybody older that was watching it at TV on TV at the time. You never knew what the hell was going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there was no there was no like set like. What if they step out onto the moon and they just like explode? Mm-hmm. What if, <laughs> or something attacks them? Or like, you have no idea what's going to happen. Like yeah. that's so crazy and surreal, especially to folks back then. You, you know, there's no telling. Yeah, what what's going to happen, especially to like a kid or to somebody just uneducated. You know, you don't know. Yeah. So it. It must have been very, very intense to watch at the time. Yeah, I mean, there's no delay like there is now, so they can like cut out at least some. I mean, not that there's a huge delay now, but it probably C- would cut have been to the like crowd, yeah, cut to the audience. <laughs> it probably would have been like the Challenger experience, you know, like people saw that live, and that probably exactly, kind of yeah, them. that that's kind of what I mean, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh crap, yeah, like uh. What do we do? That's 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 really bad. But yeah, the moon landing was a surreal experience for everybody watching. Um, and then I also wanted to point out uh, Mario Puzo's The Godfather was published in 1969 because I don't. Have you read the book, the novelization version? I have the the original. You have really. I have yeah. So <laughs> you're familiar then with how the book starts with. It's very different than the movies. <laughs> it's very different, and it's very graphic yeah. in a very sexual way, and it's very weird because it really catches you off guard. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the hell am I reading right now? Is this a romance novel? Yeah, I was like, is this the Godfather? It's not the Godfather. I know what is happening here. <laughs> exactly. It's it has to do with uh, the way. Um, oh, what I can't remember. Uh, I I want to call him uh, James Con. I can't remember. A uh, Sonny, Sonny yeah. Corleone, and uh, his uh, particular appendage is described in the <laughs> in the novel. It's it's pretty funny. Like it, it is laugh out loud funny when you get to that part of the novel. It's like, dear God, why did this author need to go into this graphic detail about this dude's package? Mm-hmm. It is really strange and odd mm-hmm. but yeah i mean it's not that long of a book either so how much detail they go into like all the sexual stuff is surprising <laughs> just because of the you know it's, it's pretty not weird not that long but we're gonna talk about it you know what i mean we've got yeah, time for this what, <laughs> what the hell maria puzo come on like you, you use your words efficiently for other things you know the about the story rather than this dude's package do you want to take over from here sure or should i read this I will, this math one. I will or? read the math one because I am the worst person when it comes to basic bitch math as is humanly possible. 69, oh, right on. Oh, yeah. 69 is an odd composite number. 
composed of two distinct prime numbers multiplied together. Now, do you know what that means? Because I sure as hell don't. <laughs> Kinda. Um, I know it means like I know what prime numbers are. They're mm-hmm. they're numbers that like can't be used in other situations or something like that. Uh, it, when it comes to either multiplying or dividing, I forget which. But uh, <laughs> well, they can't be for multiplying. I think they're just prime numbers can't be divided evenly. Maybe that's it. I just Googled 69 and that was interesting because maybe there's a math nerd out there that's like, oh, well, you know, 69 is a composite number and it's odd. One of those things, you know. I'm surprised so, yeah. you got a math thing of just Googling 69, honestly, because when I Googled 69, I did not get a math thing. So. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> what did you say about my Google hey, history? <laughs> yeah, that's when you open an incognito window yeah. in Google Chrome. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I stuck this in here because I thought it was hilarious. Uh, the Unit, uh, a TV show called The Unit, which I vaguely recall on uh, CBS in like the mid 2000s. Had a total of 69 episodes. That's hilarious. The, the unit has 69 episodes. Of course it does. Why wouldn't it? It's... I never watched the unit. I don't even know what show that is. Did you watch it? It's got the guy. No, I mean, it's. I saw the promos for it endlessly because, I, you know, I've, I've watched football my whole life. Mm. And anytime you watch football on CBS, they're going to promote their crappy shows. And the unit was one of them. And it had the guy from the uh, Allstate ads from several years ago Pedro Serrano Pedro Serrano yes exactly <laughs> from Major League yes I don't know his uh, real yeah, name he but... would, I don't either I was try- I just call him the all-state guy now because that's what most people know him as but yeah Pedro Serrano from Major League uh was in those commercials but yeah he he was like the main guy in the unit I guess I guess he was the unit <laughs> <laughs> Pedro Serrano is the unit in 69 episodes you know what I, I would watch it then, knowing now what I know now. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, we need to backtrack and re reboot that show. <laughs> Redo that. Right on. Go ahead and take this next one here since you added this one. I added this last one because I love me some Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I think it's a great movie that Keanu Reeves is just... Mm, mm. <laughs> Sexy man. <laughs> the number that fictional characters Bill Preston and Ted Logan, which I didn't even know that was his last name, Ted Logan, come on, were thinking of when when talking to their future selves is the number 69 because Whoa. they had their priorities straight and knew what number to think of. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, so sexy. it's uh, <laughs> Ted Logan. I think I kind of I did not know Bill's last name was Preston. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah, they both have two first names for for names. Bill Preston and Ted Logan. I did I didn't realize that until now. But mm. yeah, it's uh, I love Bill and Ted, so do and I, I love uh, the second one too. Uh, Bogus Journey mm. was was also a lot of fun. Did you watch the new one? No, I did not. There's always a new one with all these no. things, and I never watch it because I just like, I don't know. I I can't be asked to do it. <laughs> just <laughs> like whatever. Like all right, just gonna stick to the old stuff. It's fine. I mean, the first one is just so great that you. Can, I mean, you kind of have to just stick to that one because nothing's ever gonna be better than that. And the second one was good too. So, you know, why do you need? Yeah. A third? you don't need one when they're thirty years old. I don't need one. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> right i'm i'm on board with that the uh first one has george carlin i don't i don't remember if the second one has george carlin too i don't either 
I think so. The first one absolutely has George Carlin, and he his presence alone like adds a lot to me because he's one of my favorite stand-ups. Mm. So it's that's a big deal to me. So yeah, he and it it kind of introduced. I remember watching that as a kid and uh, being at my friend Sean's house at the time. I was like ten. And this and this his high school brother walks in, he's like, Oh, hey, that's George Carlin, it's the dude with the seven words, blah blah blah. <laughs> and I was like, What? Who's that? And so I I ended up looking him up and going down that rabbit hole as as, you know, small and as as short as it was back in whatever year that would have been, like nineteen ninety two. So I, that kinda introduced me to George Carlin at the time. So I'm always gonna be partial to the first one just for bogus sentimental reasons <laughs> see what you did there <laughs> right on so like we said nest friend is off he's is gone off. he's on he's on vacation gone yeah vacation uh, whatever the podcasting uh, vacation <laughs> fine but uh pd's power hour is working hard and you're working hard on how to make a vermouth cocktail yes so my latest video since we're talking yeah. about what videos we've recently done, is I made a how to make a vermouth cocktail to the music of one of the tracks from Okami, which is a PS2 release. Yes, PS2 was released in like yeah. 2005. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the, the like 20 PS2 games I own. And you always like to quiz us like what is the music behind this because you don't announce it in the video. Nope. Mm-mm. And I'm ashamed that I didn't know that one because it's one of the few games i own and i loved at the time although it's it's been a really long time since i played okami so in my defense in honesty sometimes like i'll hear the music like late some like i'll hear the music that i've done editing for these videos like outside (laughs) in the world and i'm like that sounds familiar and i can't even pick up what goddamn song it is and i've edited it for like you know at least a couple hours or whatever it is and i still don't remember so the challenges that i do for this like you know guess the video game that this comes from i think it's freaking hard so if you can guess it <laughs> more props to you man <laughs> are you by chance are you familiar with the website sporkle no it's, it's called sporkle.com mm-hmm. it's a trivia website and there's a cert, it's like a user created trivia quiz website and the way i used to waste time at uh work years ago um, there was a user that I followed. I forget his username. I used to have it memorized so I could <laughs> type it in and um, find all his quizzes. But because he would make music quizzes based off of music from video games. And it was like bing, bang, boom, like really fast paced, like five second clips of oh wow music from video games. And I used to be able to guess a whole bunch of them, mostly because I would just play the quizzes over and over again because I enjoyed them so much. But <laughs> yeah, it's that's how I familiarized myself with a lot of like more recent games that Mm -hmm. I was missing out on was through these quizzes uh, through stuff like that. And I knew I heard that somewhere and it's the same music he uses from one of his quizzes. And I'm like, damn it, (laughs) I should have gotten that. That's how I got one of the other ones that you did. I think it was, uh, I I can't even remember the name of the game. I had to freaking rack my brain like crazy. Oh yeah. I think it was the harvest. You guessed it was harvest Harvest moon Moon. at first. Yeah. Yeah. It was harvest moon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. something like that yeah mm-hmm. and it was one, one of the bazillion harvest moon games 
I, I really enjoy uh, trying to guess the it's, it's kind of like an unexpected bonus from from your videos. I think we all appreciate that aspect of it for sure. Yeah. Can you talk about the the actual content? The actual content? You mean the, the actual drink that I'm actually the actual drinking? drink from <laughs> like vermouth? Like what? First of all, the, can we agree that the word vermouth just sounds weird? It is. It's very strange. I mean, it's a what is it like? It's a French-based word for something. I don't even forget what it is. But yes, vermouth is very strange. It's usually like the side character in cocktails. Do you know what I mean? Like it's the NPC. It's just there. You know, you kind of <laughs> need it. You just add a little bit to the cocktails most of the time. But no, sometimes that NPC can come to life and be at an actual character. Like they're actually recruitable. And so... <laughs> That's my analogy. <laughs> so, like Leo in in Final Fantasy VI. Exactly. Like, Com- Commander exactly. Leo. Yes. It's like, oh, you're useful, Leo. Come hang out with us. Mm-hmm. Exactly how vermouth is going to be. It's useful. It actually can be showcased because vermouth, like when you're making a cocktail, at least for me, I want something that is also of equal quality of the base liquor, and I want some good vermouth. And why not showcase that vermouth every once in a while? Let's make it into like the sort of Manhattan type of cocktail. And, you know, it's lower alcohol, so I'm not going to get sloshed after a couple, and I feel good. <laughs> right on. So, like, how would you, is, is this something you have uh, all the time? Is it something that, you have sometimes, like, is it one of your favorite? Where does it rank among the uh, PD's favorites here? Like, wh- where, where are you putting that in the power rankings? Honestly, I've only had a vermouth cocktail, like, once before in my life. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's fine. Like, what did you think of it, though? No, but when I made it this last time for the video, I was like, oh, hell yeah. I'm going to make this again. Oh, okay. Like, some of the cocktails I make in my videos, I don't necessarily love like long island iced tea that i made i'm just like eh, it's fine you know like whatever i guess Pour it's it down the sink yeah pretty much sometimes you know but this one i was like oh oh like i'll, oh, okay. I'll drink this like this is good yeah. you know especially like vermouth doesn't last for forever in your fridge and you should keep it in the fridge after you open it because it's a wine-based cocktail or not cocktail wine-based oh, okay. liqueur so you want to use that shit and you know you're using tiny bits yep. because it's that stupid side character that you just like you know use little <laughs> bits of so just use right. it as a base cocktail and then you'll get rid of it and then just have to buy more like me <laughs> sure yeah an excuse to buy more and uh-huh. an excuse to like go look at browse the obscure liquor aisle at uh at your local liquor store yes because i especially love sending you obscure liquor so ah! <laughs> <laughs> But before we move on to what your game is, yes. I wanted to ask you. Yes. Since we're on Drunk Friend, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, right on. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> I'm drinking Arrogant Bastard Ale. Oh, that's from so From Stone, <laughs> which is always my drink go-to drink. Mm. Uh, it's 7.2, so it packs a punch, but it's not like tar, like some higher percentage. I think Stone can get away with a higher percentage more often than most other IPA folks can because mm-hmm. some of them when they crank up the alcohol like up to over 10% it's like tar oh, it's bad yeah yeah i don't i don't get that i don't get that i don't understand it's, <laughs> it's not good uh dogfish head does one that's like 12% Ugh. and it's just awful yeah it's it's not good 
Um, I do also have a uh, whiskey sour over here in case Ooh. I want to d- make the leap, but I'm going to stick to my um, arrogant bastard for now. Is the whiskey sour made with egg white or no egg white? It's made with egg white from a carton. Ooh. Not with like actual egg white. That's what I mean. It's still egg white. So you still got that frothy foam right there on top. Yes. That is, makes it, you know, smooth. It makes it very <laughs> easy to drink uh-huh. is what it does. It like makes it incredibly smooth. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So the, the the game that I uh, looked at this week uh, was Gone. Gone. As, it, as in G-O-N, <laughs> not G-O-N-E. It uh, it's a little dinosaur. It's the little guy from Tekken Three that was a pain in the ass to fight against. He was so cute though, with his little like boxing gloves. I was like, "Oh, you're so cute!" <laughs> yeah, he's and his little his huge tail, which takes up just like a lizard, like takes up his uh, like his entire body. Basically, he had that rolling attack, which is a mm-hmm. big pain in the ass to fight against. Um, yeah. It, and but he, turns out like he's based on a manga from way back in the day, um, and he ended up getting a Super Famicom game in '94, I think it was. And he, uh, he, I don't know if it's a him. Could be a gal. I don't know. He's not binary. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it turns out Gone had its own uh, Super Famicom game, and it was pretty interesting in that. I, I think the most interesting part of it is the damage meter there's there's nothing on the screen other than what you see it's just a dinosaur running around you know ramming against rhinos and monkeys and stuff like that like attacking stuff there's no life meter there's no lives there's no like castlevania style like big black bar on the top of the screen with all these stats or anything like that none of that Mm -hmm. instead what happens is the music is your health meter which is really interesting to me. I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever seen that before, heard that before, rather. I thought that was really cool, like kind of an ingenious way to present a typical, what's pretty a uh, pretty typical 2D platformer-style game. Uh, the music gets more intense the more damage you take, which I think is really a smart idea because that increases like the urgency. Like, dude, you need to like get your shit together before... Like you die, like you, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like that's yeah. that needs you need to get, you need to like get away from these people. Like the music is signaling to you, and plus when you take damage and stuff like that, it's all like cymbals crashing and drums and stuff like that. It's 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 a really interesting game, uh, kind of an ingenious idea, and I really enjoyed it. Although the, I will admit the controls are a bit, uh, I'll, I'll call them sticky because. They don't respond right away. It feels like there's like there's like that annoying kind of like three tenths of a second delay. Mm. Like when you play stuff like Mega Man, it stuff feels in- instantaneous, or like Mario, stuff feels instantaneous. Mm-hmm. When you play this game, it's not so much, and that can kind of drive people batty. It takes yeah. a bit to get used to, but the the ideas behind the game are really solid and plus i love the the gone sprite the little dinosaur sprite cuz oh, his he's expression so is cute. Is, <laughs> is adorable and it's very cute and it reminds me of clyde dog cuz yeah. clyde has that same expression where he's just like all right i exist in this <laughs> i have to tolerate things and be here <laughs> while this is happening fine oh uh this is acceptable for now i guess you know what i mean like yeah oh, Clyde. It's just that 
classic dog expression but yeah i i liked it um and i recommend uh if you're into that sort of stuff uh if you're into like weird platformers weird inventive platformers that it would be a good excuse to check that one out i know it's not an rpg i know you are the rpg aficionado so oh aficionado i don't know about that let's be real i haven't played every right rpg ever ever but i have played some side scrolling you know super nintendo there was a lot of side scrolling games that you grew up with and i would totally be into this and i'm very surprised that they didn't have this sort of mechanic integrated into more games you know the escalation and such and the tension build like i would totally be into that that's fascinating yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, it makes use of the music in a in a different way. You know, when we think of using music in a game, it's always like this, like grandiose, like Final Fantasy, like, mm. oh, she's singing in the opera, like that sort of stuff. And, mm. But oh, this is like a hero. different way to use it. Yes, you know the song, of course. Um, but yeah, I I thought that was really cool, really cool twist yeah. to uh, something. You know the same old stuff, basically. Yeah. So yeah. Very cool. Well, maybe I'll check it out any way I can. Uh-huh. <laughs> there we go. Do you want to read this email here from uh, Hall of Famer Steve Carlton, former Philadelphia Philly Steve Carlton? Is he? Oh Lord. See, I don't even know. So I'm a Philadelphia Phillies fan. I'm like a Philadelphia sports fan. So anytime that Alex wants to like rip on me for Philly sports, this is this is his opportunity. Ah. So title of the email: Query from Steve Carlton. Hey, Trav and Alex. Sorry, Steve, but. You have Michelle and Alex. I apologize ahead of time. (laughs) Got a question for you. Say you have a friend that has played plenty of modern games, but has only passing familiarity with retro stuff. What carts would you definitely want to play? Epic RPG, co-op brawler. There are no wrong answers. Love the show, Steve. Thank you, Steve. I'll let you go first. You answer, Alex. What would you want a modern gamer to venture into for retro gaming? Um, yeah, thanks for the email, Hall of Famer Steve Carlton. We appreciate you very much. Uh, this mm. is not the first time he's emailed, by the way. So we appreciate any correspondence we get from uh, Major League Baseball Hall of Famer. I guess it's the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's not the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. But yeah, uh, Steve Carlton says... What carts would we recommend? Mm-hmm. You know, I I think it would always it, you can't go wrong uh, if 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 you have like a friend and you want to hang out with somebody. It's always a communal experience with somebody is always going to uh, kind of create a good memory and mm-hmm. create something worth building on and that sort of stuff. So do something that's, co- yeah, I would say co-op brawler or even like Mario Kart Battle Edition or something like that. Battle Edition, Battle Mode. Um, I don't know why I said Battle Edition. What am I, I, I think I'm too caught up in the Grand Theft Auto Definitive Edition <laughs> stuff or something. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, but if you're just playing by uh, your lonesome, it depends. It's always going to depend on what kind of stuff you like in the first place or what kind of stuff they like in the first place. That said, though, I don't think that certain stuff is aged all that well. Like games like Secret of Mana, they're pretty rough around the edges. 
when now it comes what, to like what hit about, detection. What about Secret of Mana is old? The hit detection or the magic system that you have to go into a menu and select and then <laughs> cast the damn spell? Pause the game yeah. and everything around you. It's so cheap and uh-huh. so easy. Yeah, it's majorly clunky and Secret of Evermore is like that too. Mm, um, but Puppy. So... <laughs> It's, it, it all depends on what you like. Um, right. You know, one game that I see a lot of people going back to that I see mentioned a lot, I'll just throw this out there, is Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Mm. Um, people seem to go nuts for that game, uh, especially around October. Uh, just be for the Halloween-y type theme type stuff. It's, it's a very simple top-down shooter that's uh, just kill or be killed and it's navigate these mazes and it is co-op but you can navigate stuff by yourself if need be it's a perfectly good game by itself uh without a second player there's all sorts of like cool little like sub weapons like the soda cans and uh, mm-hmm. you know that you can you toss as grenades so that's always a go-to for me i i wouldn't say like when he says uh epic rpg that wouldn't be my first choice at all it's like, yeah, play, spend 40 hours <laughs> playing Final Fantasy VI. Like, no, I, I, I'm not going to do that. Like, if I'm, a, if I'm not familiar with, with retro stuff and I only know modern stuff, I, I would say start with, I mean, yeah, Mario, maybe something, Twitch control with Sonic. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. That, that, what, do you have a choice that you have in mind? Of course I do. I have some written down. So first off, co-op co-op thing that you were kind of like delving into a little bit with your answer there like yes I think a co-op game would be absolutely great and I'm going to I feel like I've mentioned this game every podcast I've ever been on or at least guest hosted on is Goof Troop which I think is the greatest co-op couch co-op game of all time it's up there yeah it's it's really good I love it the guy who created Resident Evil the game right before he made Resident Evil he made Goof Troop (laughs) <laughs> that's great isn't that a crazy fact that's i know it's, it's hilarious um but i think that's a very fun very approachable game that could be that's very well executed and can be very relatable to modern games because of its efficiency and you know it's very fun with a person so if you're just trying to get into retro like you know and you have a friend next to you just play some freaking group goof troop you know yeah, and it's very polished. It's mm-hmm. Capcom. Mm-hmm. So it's a really it's none of that like freaking third party jank. No. You know, it it doesn't have that first party Nintendo bounciness and cartooniness to it. I mean it kind of does. It's it's goofy and his kid, but it's <laughs> it's still Capcom and it's got um that certain Capcom polish to it. So it's a really yeah. well-made game. So that's a great call. I agree yeah. with that. For Epic RPG, because I had to have an RPG, especially that of was course. mentioned in the email, I was like, okay, what do you, th- what do I think is the most like straight off the bat approachable RPG, guns ablazing, like when you first open it up, and I'd have to say Lufia Two. Really? One, it's not. Yeah, I think that the story, the when it starts you off, you're in, you're just like entranced in the story. There's a lot of quality of life things that with Lufia 2 that is not in RPGs of that era. For example, you can run. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's a, yeah. <laughs> Screw you, Breath of Fire, with your sauntering around. Oh, Lord. Map. I can't even play Breath of Fire Ugh. 2 on original uh, hardware anymore. I have to play the GBA version because of the ability to run. <laughs> right. 
I hear you on that, yeah. But I mean, the the localization is good. The running is great. I mean, there's great. There's a bo- there's a battle every two steps, so it's an RPG. That's what you get. There's no avoiding yeah. it. But it's a very yeah. well paced, well done story and battles and great, you know, just great things about it. I think can be very approachable to a first time. RPG. I mean, who knows? This person could be loving RPG games as a modern yeah. player and just not into the old stuff. And I think this would be a great one to do first as an old one. Besides, like, you know, what? Mystic Quest. But that's just too stupid easy. So <laughs> <laughs> I think Mystic Quest gets a bad rap personally. Music. The music. Yeah, I was mm. just going to say the music is awesome. It's like a. I, there needs to be. A, I'm sure there has been at this point, but a metal band needs mm. to cover that whole soundtrack. Because it's freaking kicks ass, but uh, yeah, Lufia Two is. It, the more I think about it, it that that's a great call too. Because it's not like necessarily like this big, grand, sweeping, epic story. It kind of is between the yeah. the two main characters, uh, Maxim and Lufia. But it's uh, the way the story is told throughout that game is kind of episodic, like uh, almost like an anime. Because you've got Dekar, he's kind of the comic relief, mm-hmm. and he. Sh- I, I I don't want to spoil the end for anybody, but yeah, he he. Uh, I, 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 I should, am I allowed to spoil a game that's like almost thirty years old? I mean, is it on. close to forty at this point? I mean, I think you're no, fine. No, <laughs> it, it was not made in nineteen eighty six or eighty. Oh man, is that forty years ago? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be forty next year, man. Oh no. I know my sentiments exactly, <laughs> but no, I, that game is. Very lighthearted in mm-hmm. certain points. The characters are really it's it's there's some slapstick humor in it. It's it's well it's it doesn't get the hype that it should, I guess. So another one I'll throw out there real quick is Mario RPG, because it's not mm. your typical mm-hmm. uh turn based RPG. It, it's a little more interactive in that you have to be, you know, stomp on the button, uh, you know, to time your attacks to get more damage done and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Plus, it's a Mario game, and everybody loves Mario games. So. Everybody loves Mario, including Chris yeah. Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, especially Chris Pratt, especially his bosses. Um, yeah, so this next email says... Oh, thanks for the email, Steve. We appreciate it. That's a great thanks, question, Steve. actually. Yeah. So we got uh, hello, drunk friends from another Hall of Famer, this time a pro football Hall of Famer, Tim Brown. Yeah. From the Oakland Raiders. Tim Brown is emailing us. Actually, this is another email we got from Tim Brown. Uh, he He's emailed us before, and we just wanted to lump all the Hall of Famers in one uh, in one uh, podcast without Trav. I'm just <laughs> sorry, Trav. Uh, hello, drunk friends, he says. He says, hey, Alex, I'm sorry your twins sucked this year. Apology accepted. And and Trav, best of luck to your White Sox this in the postseason, which shows how old this email is Ooh. because this <laughs> aged like milk. The White Sox got their asses kicked. Yes. Oh, so bad. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, it's, uh, he says, thanks to you both for all the great content on your respective YouTube channels. And on Petey's Power Hour. I'm sure I'm sure the, the sentiment is is still there. And also an extra special thanks for this podcast. I love listening to you guys and all your really cool guests. Cheers and hope you have a great rest of your day. Copyright. Wow. <laughs> Copy- oh, tra- no, that's a trademark. That's not yeah. a copyright. There Sorry, is a trademark. <laughs> From Tim Brown of the Oakland Raiders. Let me ask you this. Do you, do you, 
who so you're an Eagles fan then? Yes. Do you do you have any memories of Tim Brown? <laughs> you don't have a Steve Carlton was probably of, of like before your time, clearly. Mm-hmm. 60s and 70s. Like he mm-hmm. was like my dad's time. Uh but Tim Brown from the Raiders. It, by the way, Tim Brown, Notre Dame alum. I know. Heisman Trophy winner from Notre Dame. Yes, he was. Good for Notre Dame. I'm only really a Notre Dame fan by association, so let's be real, but it's fine. Um, I don't really <laughs> have any Tim Brown memories, honestly. I'm terrible. I mean, he played... He was a kick returner. He was great. He, I mean, I know of Tim Brown, let's be real, but in terms of like me having memories of him, like I have no mother trucking idea. Also, he so went... You- to Notre Dame from 84 to 87. So he won one national championship with Notre Dame. So Notre Dame won in 88. What was the... No, the year that... after. No, he, the year after they won in 88 is when... Was that the, the last Notre Dame national championship, 88? Yes, it was. Chris Zorich era. Yep. Chris <sighs> Zorich. Was he a... Sa- he was like a safety on the Cardinals, wasn't he? I think so. I don't know. But I just remember oh the crop top. Crop top was sexy, man. <laughs> oh my god, that's an old name. I know, <laughs> Chris Zorich. That's a quarterback name. He should have been a quarterback. Uh, seriously, but he was a big, he was a big chunky dude. So I don't know if he would have been really great. Oh no, yeah, he was, he was like two, you know, two thirty six. You know, one of those like guys built like the Rock or something like that. But yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Heisman Trophy winner, nineteen eighty seven. Good for him. Good for him. Yep. No, I don't really have any memories of Tim Brown, unfortunately. He, I, I can remember him being the precursor to the rocket Rakib Ismail. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, those. I think he won the Heisman after him mm-hmm. because I remember the only reason I remember that is because he was my first memory of Notre Dame being really good. Um, he was kind of like he kind of like set the standard of college for college football with me uh it was like wow this guy is really good and he's only like like what 21 years old why isn't Mm -hmm. he in the pros yet (laughs) like i remember thinking that as a kid so yeah tim brown well-deserved football hall of fame guy thanks for sending the email tim brown (laughs) thank you tim brown (laughs) send send us an autographed jersey please Or a football or yes, other please. various memorabilia. A signed Tampa Bay Bucks jersey, because nobody knows you played for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Only like, the Raiders. For like a year? <laughs> I remember that. That was weird. I'll get the next one. Crying and video games from Dave Steeb. Steve? Stop? Steve. Would- That's right. Steve. Steve. Hey, Trav. Hey, Alex. Again, apologies. You kept me. Did you know that I am the winningest pitcher in the 1980s? I wonder why more people don't mention me whenever I'm discussing the best pitchers of my generation. Now, did you know this, Alex? I did not know this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know who Dave Steve is. He pitched for the Toronto Blue Jays throughout the 80s, which was a m- mostly thankless task mm. because the uh, the Blue Jays weren't good till the early 90s. Ni- I mean, they were good in, in the late 80s, but they weren't that great throughout most of the 80s. And Dave, But Dave Steve was always like, the guy stuck on a bad team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's just like, oh, it's the Blue Jays, it's Dave Steeb and a bunch of scrubs. But yeah, no, he he had, a, I, if I remember correct, I swear to God I'm doing this off the top of my head. He had, like, a stretch where he had two straight 
uh, no hitters broken up in the ninth inning or something like that. Oh, no. Yeah, he's the answer to some crazy trivia question like that. Like, he almost had a no-hitter two straight starts uh, in a row. So, it's, uh, yeah, Dave Steeb is a name that sticks out to me just for that alone. But, um, yeah, he was, I mean, the guy had great hair. You want to do a Google image search of Dave Steeb, and this is spelled uh, S-T-I-E-B. The guy had a great mullet. Let's be honest. <laughs> like he had a, a trav sized mullet. Like it's like the third picture that comes up. It's a ama- and it's like high res, like fourteen hundred by fourteen hundred. It's like just filling up my screen with just glorious locks. Great mustache. Mm, love it. <laughs> love it. Oh my god, he had a perfect game broken up with two outs in the night. Oh, there we go. Oh my god. I mean this it says it was the third time in two seasons it's that uh, he had lost a no-hitter with two outs in the ninth inning. Oh my god, but a perfect game in two yeah. with two oh you're right there. Oh poor guy. Poor That's guy. heartbreaking. <laughs> That's really heartbreaking. Yep. And yeah, he was a uh, I'm pretty sure he's like in the Blue Jays team hall of fame or something like that like maybe i don't think he had his number retired but he's like in their ring of honor or something like whatever they do in baseball Mm -hmm. but um he was a great pitcher he was he was absolutely legit Mm -hmm. um and i have a ton of baseball cards of him in my parents basement (laughs) well thank you dave steve i will continue with the email anyways on to the topic at hand no matter how many times i play it i always cry at the end of final fantasy 9 when spoilers for 21-year-old game, spoiler alert, Hear that, people. folks? Spoilers. Spoiler. Spoilers. You find out the text on the screen is a letter from Vivi written to his friends the right before he knows he's going to die. It reduces me to a blubbering mess. As I've gotten mm. older, I find myself crying more often at particularly emotional parts of games. Are either of you criers? If so, is there a game or specific scene in a game that makes you cry every time? Thank you for the entertainment and go Jays. Go Jays. Go Jays. Sincerely, sincerely Dave Steve. Steve. <laughs> he put, really puts puts the button. He sticks to the joke mm-hmm. with Dave Steve at the end. I don't. Maybe his name really is Dave Steve. I don't know. Um, maybe. But um, <laughs> yeah, there are certain parts of games. The one that will always stick out to me is the part in Chrono Trigger where Luca has to save her mom. Oh, uh, yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, I mean, everything's yeah, a spoiler for this part of the episode. For this part, <laughs> yeah. Skip ahead to X minutes if you don't <laughs> want anything. But yeah, Luca, you know, every it's it's so well done. In the, I had never... Bear in mind, this is like 96. Mm-hmm. I She takes... She sees everyone's asleep. They show her taking the time machine by herself back to when her mom gets stuck in that machine in that accident she tries to save her and (laughs) this is so you gotta put yourself in the place where you know you don't know what the hell you're doing you're just there's no music at all Mm -hmm. you're just it's just luca by herself and she goes into her her house and her mom is screaming for her like luca save me and the machine keeps asking for the password uh type in lara which is Luca's first name, or it's, I forget what Lara stands for, but you need to, L-A-R-A, and you need to type that in, and I didn't 
piece together that those were the button the buttons on the controller that you put you know l a r a are actual yeah, the, the game made a habit of doing that earlier in the early on with the zabi password i think or something mm-hmm. like that xaba or something like that but um yeah that that really threw me off and it was really intense and if you don't know what you're doing and you don't see it coming like you hear that sound and she gets you know Luca realizes like yeah I I even with a time machine I can't stop this from happening and it's like oh my god that's strong <laughs> that's power that's that's the older I get the harder that hits me it's like yeah you can be given this much power and still feel that much you know helpless yeah that that really throws me Mm. what about you for me definitely final fantasy 9 whenever you get to the end because vivi is such a wonderful character and final fantasy 9 is one of my favorite i'm very much a final fantasy girl and final fantasy 9 is definitely one of my favorites so i mean when you turn on my car i have one of those like screens in my car vivi comes up on my car because i love it oh my god so yeah i love it so much (laughs) (laughs) um but to use a different example of at least I, I don't think I blubber or cry very much, even though I'm a very emotional person with video games. I think very much a strong memory for me is when Aerith dies in Final Fantasy seven. Of course. And yeah. that that's a very typical, very t- typical answer, I feel like. But it definitely resonates with me because I don't cry in video games very much. Maybe I'm just a cold, hard bitch, but... It's fine, but that one I was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> they really did that. Like, oh my- really, really did really? that. Really, she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Bring that up to Pearl. Um, oh, she I will. is the biggest Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VII fan of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think such a thing exists as a bigger Final Fantasy VII fan than Pearl. But yeah, she no. still talks about that game all the time. <laughs> every chance she gets so yeah it's uh it's great stuff but yeah that i mean i don't think i don't feel like that's a stereotypical answer though because it felt very uh organic at the you know it's like i don't know like it, it's yeah. there, there's all sorts of stuff that can be forced on people like oh let's especially when it comes to you know movies or just storytelling in general but the when Aerith dies, spoiler alert. Spoiler. Um, she, <laughs> she, it feels like it's like yeah, it's it's gonna happen with a dude this twisted and you know this series and this tone. That's the thing is I think it it fits the rest of the tone basically that the story set at the very beginning, uh, mm-hmm. with these dudes planning on uh, you know, bombing this uh place. You know, they don't give a shit about human life. So, you know, it's, I don't know. I could go on and on about that sort of thing. But, yeah, it does. I need to preface, though, that I'm not much of a crier myself when it comes to video games. But when it comes to movies, I am definitely a crier. Mm. Um, I think the hardest, I, or the hardest, is, can you cry? I guess you can cry. C- cry hard. Def Leppard told me I could cry tough. <laughs> Do you know that song? Def Leppard said you can do it. That means you can do it. (laughs) Cry tough. I think that's uh, Hysteria, where they tell you you can can cry tough. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's uh, 
Toy Story 3, the ending of Toy Story 3 just destroyed me. Destroyed me. Like, I was a mess. Like, Mm -hmm. it was just, when he gives his toys to his, spoiler alert, to his, what is it, his niece, I think? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. That is, and all his toys are, like, you know, saying goodbye to him. And, like, we get to live on with another kid, guys. And it's like, oh, my fucking God. This is way too much for me it was just oh i don't know i was one of those kids that felt strongly about a lot of things like i was a very emotional kid and i spent a lot of my adolescence like trying to like push that away <laughs> you know what i mean like i just like i don't like that about myself so i need to like push that away from me so my but my mom loves to tell this story to people where I wouldn't eat my vegetables like any other kid. I wouldn't eat my carrots and my peas and my beans. And my dad and my mom would be like, they're going to cry. If you don't eat them, they're going to cry. And one time I just had enough. I'm like, they have no eyes. They have no mouths. They can't cry. And I ran into my room crying. And my parents still love to bring that up because they thought it was so dramatic and so over the top. And I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was hilarious. So, yeah. I was a very emotional kid. I hated being, like, patronized like that. Like, I don't want to eat it. You can't make me. Don't patronize me with this crap. So, yeah. I, uh, yeah. They still bring that up every chance they get. It's so annoying. But I mean, it's I a would funny too. story. <laughs> exactly. I would too. Right. Right on. Oh, Thanks for the email, Dave Steeb. You you were a great pitcher in the '80s. I'm sorry about your perfect game being ruined. But he did have he did have a um a no hitter. So a no hitter. He did have one no hitter on September second, nineteen ninety. So at least you got one, buddy. That's a <laughs> '90s ass no hitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the best time to be a gamer. Every second there's a brand new indie game released, but there are so many of them it can feel overwhelming. That's where the IndieQuest podcast comes in. We build a list of recommended indie games called the Quest Log and celebrate the obscure titles that you should check out. Available everywhere podcasts are heard and on polymedianetwork.com. Are you on deck? For, or no, you read the last one. I'm I read sorry. the last one. It's all you, man. This one is from our friend Adam. It says, Nick Punto from Adam. And then he goes on to say, Nick Punto is a saint. How dare you? A light hitting saint, but still. That's it. He doesn't even bother to sign <laughs> the email. He just says, Nick Punto is a saint. And I say, how dare you? Nick Punto was batting some garbage ass, like... 65 OPS plus. He was batting like 200, barely over the Mendoza line. And he's getting like 400 at-bats a year from Ron Gardenhire. And he sucks. He's terrible at the plate. Yeah, he's good for the good highlight reel foul ball pop-up catch like twice a year. Good for him. Congratulations. But if you're batting 200, if you can't even get on base, if you can't even like hit your weight... You know, at the bottom of the order, get out of here. This is a playoff team with Joe Maurer, Justin Morneau, like Johan Santana. Get out of here, Nick Punto. I don't want your shit. (laughs) Sorry. I went went off on Nick Punto. I went off on Adam. I'm sorry. That's okay. 
Sorry, Adam. It's Nick okay. Punto inspires these kinds of emotions. It's okay. I understand. You can't be hitting the Mendoza line and expecting anything from me. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I have no sympathy. You really can't. To be to be fair, you can't. What are you doing getting 400 at-bats in a season where you suck at the plate? Like, get out of here. Get out of here. Bench his ass. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much money you're paying him. He obviously ain't worth it. <laughs> no, this dude wasn't even making. He was making like 900K. Like, for for what? For He's like, like the two- I make the league minimum, major league. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna call, keep quoting major league. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So let's get to the real. All right, I need to ask you. Uh huh. Uh, Petey, you did this like crazy marathon thing recently. Like what? What the hell? Like what did you do? Like that's that's crazy. Like you, like brag about what you did first of all, because you've. It's clear that it, based on the the stats that you've earned it. <laughs> so it wasn't a marathon. Let's be real. Michelle cannot run distance. I played softball in co- college for a reason because I do not <laughs> run distance at all. <laughs> what I did was a Spartan sprint. So a Spartan oh, okay. is a race that you'd run a particular length of distance. So there's the sprint, there's the... I always forget what's in the middle. There's, like, the beast, and then there's something else. Or there's something else that's in the middle. God help me if I remember what it is. All right, so what I did was a sprint, which is a 5K, so 3.2 miles. And within that 5K, you're doing 20 different obstacles. And those obstacles range from carrying a 40-pound bag of water across sand or Jesus. doing monkey bars, uh, rope climbing, uh, Hercules hoist, which is lifting up a 50-pound bag off a rope up, like, I don't know, 100 feet high or so. You know, there's a, a ton of different obstacles. Or climbing up a 10-foot fence, which is harder than it sounds. I'm going to be real. <laughs> Uh, it sounds pretty damn hard, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, I'm 36. I'm not as limber as I used to be. So. <laughs> I got up. I actually got on top of the the um, wall. It was like, it must have been like eight feet high. And I got up there. I'm like, how do I get down? <laughs> I like literally said that out loud. And somebody was like, just turn around and like hold yourself down. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> like, I had no idea how to get down from this wall without killing myself. Like, I was like, do I jump forward? Like, that seems That's dangerous. That's crazy. They make you, <laughs> so they make you get down and you, you still have to keep running? Oh, yeah, yeah. You do. Like, so... The obstacles are intermittent throughout the course, typically because the way the course is set up, they're all chunked together right at the end. So you're running for a long distance and and by long distance for a sprint, that's like a mile, a mile and a half in the beginning. And then you're doing 20 obstacles toward the end. I did my most recent sprint. This is the second time I've done it in Ocean City, Maryland, where it was nice and flat. I'm going to be real. Nice and flat. (laughs) But there was sand included into these courses. So, you know, you have to trudge through some sand, which sucked. But at least Hmm. it was flat. And the obstacles were very much more evened out throughout the entire course rather than just being all at the end. So I I liked that about this particular course. But I have done one in Virginia where they were pretty much all at the end. And you were running through hills and a trail run and it's hard. And it was 95 degrees with 100% humidity. It was awful. But but yeah. 
I really highly recommend them. Honestly, like they're fun. They're not competitive by any stretch of the man. The competitiveness all comes within yourself. And as long as like, like my goal was under an hour for this last one. And I met that goal. So. Wow. Under an hour for all of this stuff. All the, the monkey bars, the Hercules hoist, the 40 pound bag of water. Mm -hmm. You did all of that in less than an hour. How did you not die? Um, I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, because if it were me, I'd be just like, just bury me right here. I'm, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not easy. It is not easy, honestly. And you know, it, it, it just depends on how fast you want to do it. Like, there's de- there was definitely some walking involved, especially after that forty pound bag in the sand because you had to carry this thing. Oh, I swear, it was damn. like a quarter. It felt like a quarter mile of carrying it. You caught the sand with the bag. Yes, oh, it was that's... awful. It was the worst one. <laughs> I was just going to ask that it w- was that would have been your pick for the worst part of it then the forty pound yes. bag of water you have to drag that or not no, drag it I have, you have to, to carry, carry it. it I've got to carry it. so women had to carry one bag men had to carry two bags I'm like I don't know how you're fucking carrying two bags over here because I can barely carry this one yeah that's like a grocery haul th- yeah. through hell basically <laughs> yeah and it was not a short distance through beach sand and it was that's not cool freaking yeah. hard and so if you can't do in any obstacle at any point you have the option and because it's not very competitive yeah option i say in air quotes to do burpees so for this course because it was a city course you had to do 15 burpees if you didn't complete an obstacle but if it was like a regular like the first one i did which was in on, on a trail in the middle of nowhere in virginia it was 30 burpees so Big difference. <laughs> yeah, that's a big difference. But you don't really have to if you miss it. Like, there's nobody there. Like, you know, if you do the higher levels, like you do a, a competitive start, you know, where you're doing the age group or something, you'll have to do them. But you don't have to in these. So it's more fun. And, you know, it's a nice. I, I like it because the obstacles break up the running. Like, you know, I'll do a 5K for a turkey trot coming up here for, you know, Thanksgiving. Yeah. And that's fine. I'm just, again, I'm not a distance runner because I get bored yeah. and I played softball. I don't do distance. I get freaking bored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do I. So, okay, the 40-pound bag of water sucked the most. Mm-hmm. If you had to say, well, like, like, oh, that wasn't so hard, what would you say that was? Was it the monkey bars? If you had to pick something to be the easiest well, out of all the obstacles. Some of the obstacles are just sort of give me gimmies. Like, you have to crawl under... Uh, various ropes and such or barbed wire. I, I say barbed wire like it's like it's going to scratch you, but they're pretty. Like, it's probably know. rubber tipped. Yeah. Yeah, they're not bad. They're not going to kill you. So like I think crawling under those are probably the easiest per se besides like, you know, you do like box jumps or like me- medicine ball slams for some of them. Or the, I think the easiest one for this was you had to carry over your shoulders. There was like this weighted uh, it was probably about 30, 30, 40 pound bag, but it was like a long, like filled with sand. So you could just put it over your shoulders and just walk up the pier and back. So like, I don't know, like 100 feet or so or like the length of a football field. So it's like long, it's like longshoreman type stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, carry the, yeah, it's that, that seems like a, yeah, that, 
that seems like exercise I can get behind, to be honest with you. Like, that yeah. seems like something I could po- probably do. Yeah. So, yeah, I, he- I hear you on that. Yeah, but the monkey bars are not easy. Oh, my God. Like, like, do your hands just burn when you do that? Your shoulders give out. So, like, the monkey yeah. bars as well, the way they have them, like, they're thicker, so you can really grab them, and which is nice because I feel like that makes it easier. But at least with this last race versus the first one I did, they were really far apart. So my little Whoa. ass arms, okay. I had to swing. And my boyfriend is yelling at me, for the last one, which was really far. He's like, swing, swing. I'm like, oh my God. Like I have to, like, I almost have to like let go of my back arm to get to the first one to catch it. You have to go all Indiana Jones to catch it. Yes. Yes. I was like, Jesus, who made these these far apart? Jesus (laughs) Christ. Like, like, I'm going to die. Did you make it? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Did not. Did not make it, which is fine. I got to the last one and just, like, I couldn't swing so, far wait. enough. So after that, you have to freaking keep running and then, like, yep. do something else? Yeah, I got to do burpees. I got to do burpees. And then I keep going. Oh, my God. That's ins- <laughs> so wait, if you don't complete it, you have yep. to do burpees. Yep. So it's not, you can't just, like, nope out of it and do burpees. You have to, like, Both. try it. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. All right. Both. Yeah, this, this Spartan race, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I don't know. <laughs> i might not be able to i don't think this is this is my kind of race to be honest it's, with you. it's honest i think it's fun but i think it's a nice breakup in terms of like if you want to try to do some sort of race or you're trying to get more into more physical activity that it's not competitive it's really fun people there are very supportive like like i was talking about yeah. like i got on top of this wall and i was like how do i get down it was some other racer who was helping me and telling me what to do. And like the guy was standing there. He's like, yeah, turn around, go down this. And then I got down and I was like, thank you. And he's like, yeah, great job. Great job. And, like people cheer you yeah. on. Like it's it's really a good community. So it's great in that aspect, but it's not easy. Like you really have to train for it and such. So I was it's, gonna, it's... just going to ask, what kind of stuff did you do to train for this? Or did you train for it? Or like, Oh, what... God. I don't know how you do this and don't train for it and then don't die. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, what I mean, so obviously running is part of it. So mm-hmm. there's that. Do you do some, do you like just go on YouTube and like look up Spartan race and be like, hey, this is what these people did? Or how, what, what was your approach for that? So there's a lot of like uh, good resources and stuff that Spartan has online. Um, you can even sign up. They have this app that they have. I think you have to pay for it. Oh, so they're not so they're not cold blooded killers. They just no. they they actually help you. Okay. Yeah. No, they really do help <laughs> you. And they have this app where they have like coach led uh, high intensity interval workouts that you can use and do in order to prepare for these races. So a lot of them are bucket carries. And a lot of push-ups and a lot of burpees, obviously, and a lot of like different kind of calisthenics to help you build up to the race and whether or not you want to do body weight exercises or kettlebell or different weights or anything, whatever you want to focus on. I think the app is very good in that aspect. I mean, there are some bugs in it where sometimes I'm like, why is there a rest here? There doesn't need to be like, you know, some buggy things (laughs) in it, but it is what it is. Fine. It's fine. But otherwise, um, there's lots of running. I had to do, you know, I wouldn't run, honestly, because I can't handle more than 5K. That's, that would be the most I run. But after maybe a 5K, do some 
ab workouts or bucket carry. I mentioned bucket carries a lot because honestly, that's like the hardest part. <laughs> that's crazy. So when you, uh, if you don't have monkey bars, like what do they end up suggesting to train for it? Like, you know, like you can't replicate the same stuff. So what sort of exercises do they end up recommending for you to, to do instead? Um, a lot of them are just like grip strength stuff. So if you can hang off of something, if you don't if necessarily have a hang like monkey bars, just like hanging, you know, like when you watch a movie and you see, now that when I watch a movie and I see something heading hanging there for like five minutes, I'm like, oh, <laughs> hell no, that ain't true. <laughs> just even- like at the end of Blade Runner, when uh, Harrison Ford is hanging off the side of the building for like mm-hmm. freaking five minutes and then Rutger Hauer finally pulls him up. Yes. Yes. Spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. That's not true. Like you, you, you yourself just go outside, in the rain, try to hang off something for 30 seconds and see how you do. All right. See how your skin like peels off your hands. mm -hmm. It's not easy. So I think just hanging itself in terms, just getting your grip strength as well as your forearm strength, because that's definitely a muscle that, we don't utilize, at least I don't utilize in everyday life, you know. For sure. Well, I mean, I, I say that, but I do still somewhat active in softball, so. Well, I was just going to say <laughs> softball, and, uh-huh. and but at the same time, it's like you're not a major league softball player. No. I mean, you could be, but no. you're not at the moment. <laughs> you're retired. I mean, maybe 15 years ago I could have, but not now. So. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like using your forearm strength, gaining that, I think just helps like, you know, maybe doing some uh, like curls with your forearms or there was a really good exercise that you do that you kind of like have a weight at the end of the rope with this like, like stick. So then you're just like curling up the weight, you know, like huh. twisting it. So you're using okay. your forearms in order to twist up the weight. Things like that will really help, especially with the monkey bars, the rings, which are really freaking hard. Like, my shoulders just freaking die whenever we do the rings. And I have strong shoulders from softball. I mean, I watch the Olympics and I see the rings, you know, those dudes that do the rings from that aspect of it. And it's like, how the hell? Like, how? How? (laughs) It's insane. Mm. It's it's just like, oh, come on. (laughs) Yeah, but I really think it's a, it's an interesting, different kind of way. Like, you know, they have tough mutters and such, but I really like the obstacles in it, like the way, the varying degrees of the obstacles, and they're really yeah. well-managed and well-done. Like, you know, you're doing a lot of different things in order to break up this 5K, so at least it's very interesting, and you have a very supportive group with you, and I think, like, at least in terms of uh the men- mentality of it you know keeping yourself healthy in that way as well as physically as well as mentally because it helps breaks up and you know keeps you active and things so i think it's a really great program if you're into it <laughs> right on yeah I-, I used to work with a dude that did the tough mutter thing every year and mm-hmm. hit both him and his wife he was a really good do- really good guy and that dude was like in shape like in shape in shape he was like in mm-hmm. marine shape like that dude was i think about that guy every once in a while like i wonder what that guy's doing now he's probably like starring in an action movie somewhere like that guy was... <laughs> it's it's fun to like <laughs> the people you 
end up uh, getting to know over the years. But mm-hmm. I wanted to bring up something else regarding the marathon thing, and that's the mental part of it. Mm-hmm. As you're running and as this stuff is progressing, how the hell do you mentally process what's going on? How do you keep going? Like, what what are you thinking about while this is all happening? Background story about myself or whatever. I played college softball, and that was very hard, to be real with you. Like, it was not easy. I'm sure it was. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I mean, I, I played on uh, the first school I went to at Texas A&M Corpus Christi. We were a top 25 team. We were very good. Damn. And so there's a lot of mental stuff that they didn't do then that I wish they did that they do now that I wish they had then, you know what I mean? Sure. But it taught me a lot in terms of staying strong mentally through these physical activities because it's so easy to start and do things and just be like, oh, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. Even for me, it's very easy to get into that space, especially as you're running and you get to like a half, even it doesn't matter how far of a distance it is. It's you get into that zone, just be like, oh, this sucks. You know, it's like, not even for me. It's not even this sucks. It's like, why am I doing this? This is uh-huh. pointless. This is uh-huh. this. What What is the benefit? Like I could run for half this much and just be like, fine, I'll, I'll just run and burn this much calories and whatever. Fine. That's that's what I'll do. Why should I push myself? You know, like, how do you keep going is is <sighs> maybe it's the competitive nature in me. Maybe it's that mental training that I've had in me in order to win. But as well as like, I think, all right, if I'm going to start this, I'm going to dedicate myself to this one goal. I'm going to hit every time I start a run, because, again, I hate running with an <laughs> unholy God of passion. Just hate it's it. not fun. I don't <laughs> like it either. It's not. It sucks. Even I'm playing music or podcast. Podcast sometimes felt like helped recently, but I hate it. Even when I'm playing music, I start to think, okay, this song is about four minutes long. I've been running for four. Like I start doing that in my head. You know what I mean? Like it's, I'm it's halfway stupid. through this song, which means mm-hmm. I'm two minutes and 30 seconds through this song. Yeah. Yep. I do the same thing. Yep. It sucks. So it just, yep. I try to think more broadly about my goals whenever I start running and such and whether that is incorporating maybe incorporating different exercises like as you're running like I'm gonna stop and do 20 squats and then continue running after that you know or just like I'm just gonna stop and do an exercise and then continue running because it's not about like for me, it's not about time. I know a lot of people, like, when they do running and such, it's a lot about time. Like, and I, I even had a goal in terms of 5Ks, just making it under 30 minutes at one point. And honestly, I suck so hard at running that sometimes that's very unrealistic for me. But I think just having a broader goal, like, okay, I'm going to run for a mile and I'm going to try to hit a 10-minute mile. And once I hit that mile, I'm going to walk for a little bit and then I'm going to try to do it again. Like, that's how I keep myself going. Like, I'm going to hit little goals throughout my run in terms of the broader to the broader goal that I have. Just like, I'm just going to try to keep going. And the next time, maybe that goal is going to be a little bit harder or something, you know, just like try to keep it. Yeah. So it's at least reasonable for me and knowing what your limits are and being level with those expectations because not everybody's going to have like, you know, you see other people who are like, oh, I can run eight minute two five minute freaking miles. And I'm just like, that's never going to happen with me. And that's OK. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that Well, that's exactly it. Like, yeah, a thousand years can go by and that will never happen with me. But mm-hmm. 
you need to come to turn the thing is is that you can't keep measuring yourself to those standards you need to keep yep. uh adjusting those as as you keep going so like yeah yeah fine if, if i can't run them if i can't do this objective this absurd objective that other folks can't are doing i can't do it fine i'll i'll make one that i can do exactly so right yeah okay i hear what you're saying that makes sense to me yeah and at least that's how i keep myself motivated as well as I find I'm plugging the Discord at this point, but the Discord that we have <laughs> and the Polykill Discord is very motivating and very supportive. And that honestly helps. Find a community oh, for sure. that helps you and then it keeps you motivated and be like, these people are also doing it as well. So I can do it. And I want to keep my progress going. Like, you, you know, like the worst part is like you do it for a week and then you get stagnant and honestly for the past two weeks i've had a lot of like mental issues with me like keeping consistent with these workouts and you you hit highs and lows nothing is ever going to be the same as it always is going to be as long as you can try to push through it and realize to yourself that hey you know what i'm going through a rut right now and that's okay I'm going to listen to my body. I'm going to take a day off. Or I'm going to take a week off and just be like, I'm just going to crawl up in a corner and cry a little bit. It's fine. As long as I come back from this, I need to come back eventually. So that's how I sort of perceive it. Like, you know, like you're going to hit walls. You're going to have highs and lows with working out and trying to hit your goals. As long as you like, all right, realize within yourself, I am in this point. As long as I get out of this someday, whether it be a week or two weeks, whatever is comfortable for you, then that's okay. Right. That's how I feel about it. I think <laughs> I think that's a good point to make um, is setting ex- the proper expectations mm-hmm. because, you know, not to go off on too far of the deep end here, but I feel like that's kind of uh, a thing that's been s- set with people my age and especially people of Gen X's age, like my brother and older. I, I, I this is kind of a rant, <laughs> but <laughs> it's like folks kind of end up getting these expectations that like they're expecting exponential growth. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's promised to them. Like exponential growth is promised as long as you just keep working. It's it'll it'll come to you. It's just keep working hard. It's like, no, that's not necessarily how it works. You need to work hard. You need to work smart. You need to work efficiently. You need there's a lot of aspects that come around and shit's going to get involved and you need to get, you know, stuff's going to come by. You need to get rid of it. I, I feel like we're like in this, pl- you know, folks get in this like headspace where, or at least I do, where it's like, yeah, this stuff gets in the way and you, <laughs> you're, it's, you got to adjust as you go. And mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to deal with sometimes. We should do the meditation thing another time. How about that? That sounds good. Because I've been getting into that and it's been really interesting. And have have you ever done meditation by any chance? Uh, not really. No. So I, I would be, this is why it's a good reason not to do it now. So I can get into it for a little <laughs> bit. And then we can talk about no, it. it's, <laughs> it's, one of, it's one of those things where it's got a stereotype where it's like, yep. yeah, you got to sit cross-legged on a yoga mat and you go, um, and it's, you, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> it's no, it's, it's about the relationship between your mind and your body. And it's, it's, it's mine is like, 
completely in tatters and rags and it's about building it up again yep. and which i really like um so and it's about figuring that out and figuring out what meditation really is and then figuring out how to do it and figuring out how to like use it to so it works for you yep so right on so it, it, it's kind of like uh working out you know like just like you described but in a mental sense mm-hmm. um and in an emotional sense for for me especially but all right everyone that's been another drunk fred podcast and hey guess what you could reach out to us with questions or comments at drunk fred podcast at gmail.com and we'll respond or read it here eventually sorry we're what the hell is this trav sorry not sorry we're slow this is what he has this is what trav has written here i'm just reading what's written (laughs) Go to polymedianetwork.com if you want to hear more podcasts from us or our crew. We have Tales of the Lesser Medium, Petey's Power, power, Petey's power, power Hour, <laughs> which I'll get behind. Yeah, that's that's a great one. For your beverage-related entertainment, he he threw that in there for you. Mm. Um, he didn't put any sort of like extra stuff for Tales of the Lesser Medium, which says a lot about Caleb, if I'm speaking <laughs> frankly. True you know, if fact. it says a lot. Uh, Polykill, if you like, well, me, not me, Trav, and video <laughs> games, Indie Quest for all those under the radar, radar titles you missed, and more. If you're not interested in sending an email, no big deal. Just give us a rating and a review on a podcast app of your choice, and that'll help us out big time. How was my big Alex time. impression? Big time! All right. <laughs> yeah. You can find us all on social media. I'm on Twitter at as Al- I'm on on Twitter, I, I messed up my own read through. <laughs> you can find us all on social media on Twitter. I'm Alex at Snestrunk, and you can find Petey at Petey's Power Hour. As always, new music you heard in the beginning and you can hear right now is composed by our friend Kular, who also, fun fact, composed the music on my po- podcast. That's so. right. <laughs> good, that's a fun fact. The track you can hear here is the Electric Star Bounce, and you can find the link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And shout out to our good friend, Josh Leslie, for our thirst-quenching logo. And hey, be sure to catch us all on YouTube, and thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Ah. (laughs) Great rest of your day. Sorry. (laughs) I'm making fun of myself by saying that. I'm not making fun of you. (laughs) 